10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Hello, and this is the Sunday Brunch Show. I'm your host, Caleb DeMerchant, and today we're discussing Finland. Is it the king of all education systems? That's what we'll be discussing today here on the Sunday Brunch. My name's Caleb DeMerchant. This is Teachers Talk Radio. Hope you enjoy the show. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, my name's Caleb DeMerchant, and this is the Sunday Brunch Show, as always. We are here on a Sunday, obviously, to talk about, is Finland the king of all education systems? This is a topic that's interested me for a long time. I did have a bit of difficulty finding someone who was a bit of an expert on this this week to come on and talk with us. So we'll be playing a series of articles, and I hope you enjoy those articles, and we'll try to have a little discussion about each of the articles as we go along. So... Finland, is it the king of all education systems? That's what we're here to discuss today. Is Finland the king of all education systems? What do you think? Have you ever heard anything about Finland? Of course, you can always call into the show here on the Podbean app. You can contact us on Twitter at KDM underscore Drama Wizard or the TT Radio 2022 Twitter page. Those are the places where you can find us, as always, to get involved in the conversation. We have had a bit of uh, a bit of fun uh, going on today on the Twitter, but not too much going on on Twitter really today, and not too much going on on Facebook. Usually we have a bit of response on those places, but you know, as, as happens, people get busy. It's a busy time of year for everyone. You're probably all getting a bit tired yourselves, getting closer and closer to the school break and the school holidays, whatever you might call it. What do you think? How are you getting through these last few weeks? I'd love be great to hear about how you're getting through the last couple weeks of school here in the UK before our Easter break, you know, it's been a lot, it's a long term, this term for a lot of people getting closer to summer, getting closer to the nice time of the year and just, you know, hoping that everything continues to go smoothly up until exams because many people have exams obviously after this break is over. And we're going to talk a bit about exams today, I would imagine in terms of Finland, because Finland is a country that obviously has a different system than most places. It's a system that a lot of places have tried the model after but have not been so successful and is finland still the the king of education systems or in la- in recent years has it maybe had a bit of a decrease again my name's caleb demerchant this is teachers talk radio today we're discussing finland is it the king of all education systems do you agree or disagree have you yourself ever studied into this topic and maybe have a bit of an opinion on it again my name's caleb demerchant this is teachers talk radio a sunday brunch show we are talking about finland is it the king of education systems? You can contact me at KDM underscore Drama Wizard on Twitter. You can also contact me on Facebook if you're a friend of mine. Uh, if not, you can still contact me. Maybe I'll see it. Maybe I won't. So, Finland. I wanted to discuss this today, and there's a bit of a reason. I wanted to discuss Finland because I feel it is a system that 
embodies a lot of what we'd all like to see in our own education systems, whether you teach in the UK or Canada or some other place. Finland does things that we would all like to see in our systems. They value teachers quite a bit. That's something that we'll discuss today with the articles. You'll you'll hear how much Finland actually really model uh, values their teachers rather and they're model citizens. They're people that everyone looks up to. It's kind of like doctors in most societies, I would say. That's what a teacher is in Finland. It's kind of like a doctor in most societies. Someone we respect and value and we don't really question. People don't really question their doctors, right? They, they listen to them as they should. And we would all like to see that kind of for teachers. But, you know, that's not the case. Obviously, there's a lot of um, pressure on teachers to be highly successful, I would say. So, Finland. When I first became a teacher, I asked the question that most people ask, what's the best education system in the world? And my professor said, without even thinking about it, without even blinking, well, it's Finland. Finland is the best education system in the world. And I thought to myself for a moment, and I asked the next inevitable follow-up follow -up question, that is, why don't we all just model our systems after Finland then? Why don't we make our school systems exactly like Finland? And the professor kind of laughed and said, well, that's a very complicated question. And it would take more than just this one class to answer that question. And that's what I want to get to the point of is it's going to take more than just this radio show to discuss Finland. And it's going to take more than just this radio show to discuss why we're not all like Finland and maybe why Finland isn't as great as it once was as of an, of, of an education system, rather. It's starting to, you know, have a bit of a decline in the last few years. Uh, prior to COVID, obviously. This is about 2018 time. Someone's listening in from Newcastle. Nice to hear from you. My wife is also from the North. It's great to hear from you. Thank you for listening to the show today. Uh, this is Teacher's Talk Radio. This is a Sunday brunch show, and we do this every Sunday. So if you'd like to come and listen, feel free to come and listen. It's, it's great to have you involved in the conversation. Uh, going back to Finland for a moment. So Finland, it's a country that has a smaller population, and even for its small population, it has quite a strong economy. And that plays a big role in how they're able to do everything that they do in their system. And we're going to talk about that today. A place like Canada, it has a smaller population, but you know the economy has dips and drops and dips, I would say. It goes up and it goes down. It has good times and it has bad times, just like any other economy. And that might be what prevents Canada, even though it has a small population, from having a system like Finland's. Although Canada is ranked one of the highest systems in the world. And so is the UK, actually. The UK is ranked quite highly. But people, you know, have their complaints about the system here and have their problems with the system here. And what we have to put our students through to get our system to be the way it is. I think that that's a, a big thing in the UK and something that people always have an opinion on and like to discuss. So I would like to answer the question today, why is Finland or why has Finland historically been such a strong system? What makes this system one of the best systems in the world? How do they have such things as a 93% graduation rate from high school, whereas the United States has only a 75% pass rate or graduation rate in high school? How is it they're able to do these things? How are they able to be such a successful school system? Today on the Sunday Brunch Show, I hope to help answer that question, and I hope that we can find kind of a middle ground or a place where we can learn something from Finland. We don't necessarily have to adapt our whole system. We're going to talk a bit about that as well. Can you just take a school system from a place like Finland and make it work in a place like the United Kingdom, which has a much bigger population, obviously, a much, much bigger population, has maybe a stronger economy, but that economy, when you put it proportionately to the amount of people, is it is it actually a stronger economy? That's what you always have to remember. 
because you might have a strong economy, but proportionately to the people and the social services that your country offers, that all plays a role in how much money can be invested into the school system, obviously. So can you just uproot a school system and make it work in another place? That's something else I wanted to discuss today. I really think that it, it's a difficult question, this, and it's a difficult thing, and it might even require coming back to you to discuss some more about. And is Finland still the king of systems? Well, the opinions on that differ quite a bit. And as always, this might be a bit of a trick question to get people involved in the discussion because I like to ask questions that make people want to think about the question, to get involved in the question, and maybe have a bit of a discussion about the question. So my name's Caleb DeMerchant. This is Teachers Talk Radio, the Sunday brunch show. You can contact me at KDM underscore Drama Wizard on Twitter or at TT Radio 2022. Those are our two handles that you can get involved in the conversation at. And hopefully I will see your comment and be able to read it here on the show live and you can hear your comment read and have a bit of a discussion at home maybe about it with your friends and family. What do they think? You can also always call in here to the show. We're on the Podbean app. You can always call us on there. That's the one place you can contact us, obviously. You can also contact us in all the ways I've just discussed. Again, we're talking about Finland. Is it the king of education systems? Can Finland's system work in other places? Can you just take a system and shoehorn it in and make it work in places like Canada or Britain or China? Would Finland's system work well in, in a place like China, which has a much bigger population? What do you think? Someone has just wrote here on the app and said, I think Finland has a better structure with a focus on play and less stress on teachers. That is a really good point, and that's something we're going to discuss today. I think that that is something that Finland does really, really well, or has done very well historically. Um, does it work very well in the modern age anymore? That's something that someone uh, discusses in one of the articles. I think play is very important still, obviously, and I think that uh, less structure might be important as well, depending on where you live. In a place like Canada, so quickly, an aside, I grew up in Canada, where the school system has no Ofsted. There are no checks and balances. Uh, every province has a different way of teaching. So there's no federal uh, system of education in Canada. Each province, so I'm from the province of New Brunswick, there's provinces like Nova Scotia, Prince Edward Island, uh, Ontario, Quebec. Those are all different provinces. And in each province, there is a different school system, depending on, first of all, the money in that province, how much money they have, and what they're able to do. The population of that province, that also plays a role. But there is no governing body of education in Canada. There's no Ofsted. So there's actually no structure, I would say, whatsoever. So we have a lot of problems that occur in the Canadian school system. I'll come right out and, and, and list some of those problems. Problem number one is nepotism is huge in Canada. You get your job based on who you know, not what you know. So you could be a teacher who's graduated with a 4.0, which is like, you know, a perfect grade point average. You could be a teacher who has worked very hard historically in school, have a lot of experience and not get the job because Janie down the road's mother is the principal of the school, our vice principal, and, and she gets you a job in that school. And, and Janie is now a very weak person, weak teacher, not able to teach very well. Uh, didn't have a good grade point average, doesn't know the subject very well, but now she's the teacher at the school because her mother was the principal of the school. And that, and that does happen a lot, I would say. Uh, it, it happens to the point where it, it, it's a huge problem in Canada. It's a very big problem. So that's problem number one with the lack of structure in Canada. 
Problem number two of having no uh, governing body or or um, inspection body, you could say, in our school system in Canada is, well, I had a teacher in school who showed movies to me for four years. And I won't say the subject, but for four years, we had nothing but movies played to us uh, about the subject. We never had testing. We never really had any way to check our knowledge on that on the subject. Our teacher never did things like warm ups with us or, you know, uh, had any structure at all to her to her lessons. So we ended up I left that that program, if you will, thinking, well, I must be pretty good at this course. And I took that course at university as one of my courses. And I didn't do very well at all because I didn't have the grounding that I should have had for that course. So I would say that less structure can be good. Yes, it absolutely can be good. If you have too much of it, it's obviously not a good thing. But having no structure at all is absolutely not acceptable. It's not a, it's not a school system that I don't, I don't think people here in the UK would appreciate very much. So uh, that's my point about how come structure might be important as well. But a very good point about how Finland has less focus on structure uh, and less and, and more play. So I would agree that those things are very important, but we do need we do need structure as well. I would say we need to find a fine balance. Again, not every system can be just shoehorned in. Would the Finnish system work here? I don't know. It it, it all depends on a lot of things: funding, uh, the teaching styles. Teachers in Finland are also considered to be some of the, as I said, some of the most honored and greatest people in society. You have to be basically the level of a doctor in education to become a, a teacher in Finland. And everyone respects teachers. And that's something I think that easily can be adopted in any school system. Uh, Finland also, you know, has a, a more, f not free education system, but schooling can cost less and can be free for people. And that, and that plays a big role as well as of what people can go on to do. So in a moment, I'm going to play an article. I'm going to play a series of articles. After each article, I'll, we'll have a bit of a discussion, hopefully here on Teachers Talk Radio. Uh, the Sunday Brunch Show, and I hope you enjoy today's show. Again, this is Teachers Talk Radio Sunday Brunch Show. My name is Caleb Demerch, and I'm the host of this show every Sunday. What do you eat for brunch? Today I've had a, a cup of tea. Didn't have much time for brunch before the show, but I have had a cup of tea. That's that, that's always a good thing to start with. What do you like to have at brunch? And yeah, let's we'll get right through to the article. You can always tell me what you like for brunch, of course, on Twitter or or here on the app. Here we go with the first article. Simply Learning Trust Background In Finland, teaching is a highly competitive career. Only 8-10% of applicants are accepted onto their teaching degrees and there is a high appreciation of the teaching profession. A good education system has been key to the country's post-World War II success. Education became a political hot potato in the early 1960s. The key question was, is it possible, in principle, that all children can attain similar learning goals? The answer, for much political writhing, was affirmative. Equality is the cornerstone of Finnish education. Equality in the Finnish context does not mean uniform or the same. It means equal access to quality education, which is defined as equal right to an individual education, personalised learning paths and a whole education focused on problem-solving skills, life skills and sort of mindless regurgitation of facts. How is the school set up? Daycare, from two to seven years old. As the name daycare suggests, the Finnish early childhood education does not have an official curriculum. Children are not taught letters or numbers, 
unless there is an individual shows specific interests and learning to read and write. The emphasis on this is through interaction and play, while children learn about themselves and others. The goal is to support the children's balanced growth, development and learning. They learn the importance of building relationships and develop social, leadership and interpersonal skills. Learning happens through play, discovery and is interaction with others. Laying a good foundation for self-knowledge and social skills is considered to prevent strugglers later in academic life where the lack of such skills might deter from learning. Preschool, age 6 to 7, grade 0. The zero class, or preschool, is an introduction to more structured learning. Most preschools introduce letters and numbers through play. Main focus is on thinking skills and problem solving. Teaching and learning is differentiated, as some children might already be fairly confident readers. However, it is not compulsory to send your child to preschool. Primary school, age 7 to 13, grades 1 to 6. Unlike the UK, children in Finland go to their local school, hence there is a real sense of community among students, parents and teachers. Many children will walk or cycle to school from the age of 7. There is no competition between students to be accepted, and there is no difference between having a private or state education. In total, there are 2,800 schools that give children a good education in Finland. 75 of them are nominally private, but none of them in the sense of parents in Britain would assume. For historical reasons, these 75 schools have a board, but it is very little influence on the running of the school. They mostly resemble a PTA and are similar in their function. Thus, they will hold events and fundraisers. There is no real difference and students will not know if they attend a private school. The Finnish National Board of Education sets the National Core Curriculum, which defines the board's objectives for education. The system is based upon the promotion of progressive values to create divergent and innovative learners who are curious, creative, open-minded and respectful. Lower secondary, age 13 to 16. In comparison to the UK education system, the Finnish system is not test heavy. Children are not taught to memorise pieces of information and at no stage will children sit formal or national exams. What you learn without joy, you forget without grief, is an old Finnish saying. The Board of Education funds research projects and a large number of development programmes. Some of the developments include cooperation with enterprises and companies to develop open source educational tools, games and learning materials. There are several initiatives that are partly publicly funded. This ensures that the result of development and research can be made available for all schools. Schools are also an important link in the process. New technologies are piloted and perfected in collaboration with sometimes by students in real classrooms. Children often find this type of learning very interesting. Students are also encouraged to develop their design their own learning games. Content learning is often a byproduct of an otherwise engaging and instructive process. Unlike the UK, Finnish children are never separated into academic tiers. Streaming, in fact, is illegal. Teachers are well trained to teach mixed ability groups, to differentiate and create individual learning paths. Emphasis is on early intervention in case there are worrying signs and resources for remedial teaching are made available. Schools and municipalities also provide psychological and social support as needed by the students. The student-centred model 
makes it possible for students to set goals and to achieve them in cooperation with teachers and parents. Extra resources are available for the fast learners and a support network is available for those who need to meet their goals. It is a system that trusts its school and its teachers. In other words, the absence of high pressure testing and lack of competition between schools enables an education that has a human face and a human pace. The teachers can focus on bringing out the best in each individual student instead of wasting time on documentation, detailed planning and worrying about national tests, performance related pay or league tables. When children leave school and complete their compulsory education after ninth grade at the age of 16, they receive a final report card. This report card is necessary when they apply to secondary education. It represents a measure of the student's academic achievement. However, the most important objective for basic education is to support the children's growth and learning in ways that she or he grows up to be a person who is creative, persistent, capable of positive interaction and who is open to change. A safe community for learning will equip them with a good self-image and self-knowledge and provide support and guidance for them to assume responsibility for their lives and studies going forward. Secondary education. Compulsory education ends after ninth grade at age 16. However, extremely few students choose not to go to secondary education at this stage. Most students choose a three-year high school, while approximately 40% choose vocational education that offers a wide range of qualifications from auto mechanics and plumbing to media production, IT and game design. There are no dead ends in the Finnish educational system. The well-rounded, comprehensive and challenging vocational education keeps the doors open for, to education for all, such as a realistic chance to apply to university or a school that applies sciences. That makes vocational education attractive and the entry quite competitive. High school, age 16 to 18. Entry to high school is based on the grade point average of their final report card from ninth grade. Some high schools offer specialisms like sports, performing arts or music. In high school, students study either a regular Finnish curriculum or the international baccalaureate. Students who complete the Finnish curriculum will sit a national exam in their final year at the age of 18. The International Baccalaureate students will take the IB exams. Tertiary education. Universities and schools for applied sciences organise their own entrance exams. Even tertiary education is free of charge here. In summary, occasional random testing done by the National Board of Education shows little variance between schools nationally. However, unlike the UK, this testing is only for internal purposes and school performances will never be made public. There are no ranking lists. Parents do not have to worry about league tables as there are none in basic education. The only results that are published are the results of the high school examinations. These results do not tend to affect the school choice a great deal as the quality of education is generally quite even across the country. More important factors are the distance to school and, of course, the student's own motivation. Besides, comparing schools can be misleading. Schools that accept students with low grade point average and achieve good results overall are real winners to parents. If there is one overarching word to describe the Finnish school system, it is trust. Everyone, from the ministers to the board of education, to the teachers, to the parents, to the students, trust one another.
So what do you think about that? The me the main message being trust there. There's trust in the teachers, there's trust in the system. What do you all think about that? Is is that something that you think the UK system needs or what system you might be in needs? And we've had a few comments here on the app. Sorry, when we're playing the article, I let the article play through and then and then I will read the comments. So someone has said that's where we lack in the UK equality at all levels. And I think the same person said that students are over tested in the UK. So uh, in Finland, as they have said here in the article, there is testing, but it's only done for internal purposes. It's not done for league tables or, or something of that nature. Now, I actually used to teach IB in China, and I used to teach uh, the Chinese curriculum as well. And China is probably the most over-tested system in the world. It is very tested. They have the Gaokao exam and the Jiaokao exam. And when they're kids, they have a, a series of exams as well. I don't know the names of those, but... I taught Jiao Kao and Gao Kao, which are the main exams to get you into a good high school, the Jiao Kao. And then the Gao Kao is to get you into a good university, the Peking University being the university that they'd all like to go to or some university abroad. And uh, personally, I think that in China, it was way over tested. I mean, having a test, not just a test every year, but a series of tests every year, uh, speaking tests, maths tests, English tests, writing tests uh you know history tests all types of tests and they're happening constantly all the time and and you know that's the other end of the the spectrum there there's just n too much testing so whether or not uh finland has the right style of testing i think again it, it boils down to the country itself could it work here in the uk uh we don't know because we've never tested it but it would be interesting to run a test system to see what happens i, I think these things should always be tested before they're implemented you know to every uh, every student in the whole country. But obviously, there's enormous pressure on schools to be successful in league tables, and, and that's something that doesn't exist in Finland. Canada is very similar to Finland in this way. We have internal tests that happen in subjects, but we do have uh, actually national tests for English and maths and science. However, they only happen uh, at provincially every three years up to year 10, I believe it is. And then after that, we don't have them anymore. And they're not exactly the hardest tests in the world, to be completely frank. They're, they're quite easy tests. And we still do have to over-prepare for them in, in Canada. So what, what do you think? Do you agree or disagree? Do you think that Finland has the perfect school system? You know, trust is a big thing there. The, the teachers are trusted, that the community trusts the teachers because I think it might be because the teachers are so educated that might be part of it, but also there's just this idea that teachers are trusted members of society that they've had to go through, obviously, testing. They've had to go through uh, all types of checks and balances to make sure that they're proper to be teachers, and, and they trust their system. So I think that that's a big difference between Finland and, and countries here, like countries such as the UK and Canada and China, the countries I've worked and taught in. Um, the IB, I will mention, though, having experience with that is not an easy thing. And it is, it, if you want to attain an international bachelorate, it is full of testing. So uh, to say there is no testing in IB. So from 16 years and up in Finland, they will have a lot of testing. We had testing quarterly in IB. So every quarter there would be tests in all their IB subjects. And IB subjects are very tough. You know, they're advanced subjects. Uh, you're taking these subjects so you have qualification to go to. If you score the highest on IB, you can go to any university in the world internationally. So obviously, they're not easy to pass. They're very, very difficult. And there's a lot of pressure on students to be successful at IB courses as well. And there is a lot of testing. So to say there's no testing in Finland, I think, is it, it's a bit of a 
misnomer, let's say. There might be, not be any in their system up to the age of 16, but once they hit that IB level, if they're taking IB, then there will be a lot of testing involved. And will the test will the students be ready for that level of testing is a question. Will they be ready to have tests quarterly if they've never done very much testing before and to have such high-pressure, high-stakes testing right away? I, I'm playing a bit of devil's advocate here, obviously. Uh, I don't think testing all the time is, is the perfect system, but, you know, throwing students all of a sudden into that at the age of 16 and up might be a bit of pressure that they're not used to if they've never done it before. And also they did preschool or rather they do preschool in Finland and we have preschool in Canada. Same thing, no structure to it. Uh, the students focus on play and having fun and all those things. But what ends up happening in the Canadian system based on my experience is we have teachers who go through the training, but the, because there is no expectation of there being you know, uh, maths and science and all these other things being taught. Not every preschool is equal. So if you have lots of money, you can send your student, your child to a really nice preschool that has highly educated teachers who are being paid more, who have, you know, uh, the skills to give your child maths, English and science that, you know, the three that everyone like their child to have a little bit of experience with it. And then some places you'll send your child to and I'll be honest with you, there they may not even be safe places to send your child to. I won't name any names or say any places for their benefit. But again, because there is no Ofsted system or anyone to check these places, the only way they ever get found out to be places that aren't safe for a child is when a parent complains and then eventually the police go in and check that place out and find it to be not a safe place for children. So again, is, le is less structure always a good thing? I don't know. There's been a lot of preschools shut down in Canada that are been labeled not safe places and they don't always even make the news. So you can't even know uh, if you're sending your child to a place that's been shut down in the past because as soon as they shut down, they can reopen. It's happened where a place was shut down and then reopened again. And again, that has to do with the lack of checks and balances. So are checks and balances always a bad thing? I don't know. Uh, is Finland have the perfect system for every place? Again, I don't know. However, I think this article did a good job of pointing out how Finnish teachers are highly valued, highly productive members of society. You can't just become a, a teacher in Finland easily. It's something you have to work really hard at. It's something that we all know as teachers that it's not an easy profession to get into. It's not an easy degree to obtain. Uh, in Canada, for example, you must have a bachelor's degree. Uh, a bachelor's degree in anything with it having a focus in an honors really to get in you have to have an honors but not always sometimes depending on the university they might just take you because you're willing to pay the bill but the best universities you must have an honors degree you must have experience working with children and then uh, you take another two-year course it's usually a two-year course I took an 11-month straight intensive course so we did 11 straight months and we had to work in different areas of education as well which I think is a benefit that most school systems should do. So I had to work in the preschool system, the elementary system, the secondary system. Uh, and I also worked with adults in an ESL center. So that's a big difference again, between maybe here in the United Kingdom and Finland. Uh, but something I think that everyone could benefit from, from doing before they become a full teacher. We've hit our first half an hour. And as is tradition on this show, every half an hour, we like to play our sponsors, our lovely sponsors, to give them credit for you know making this show possible. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. My name's Caleb DeMerchant. This is the Sunday Brunch Show here on Teachers Talk Radio. We're going to have now a word from our lovely sponsors. If you want to get involved in the conversation, remember you can contact us at TT Radio 2022 
or on my personal Twitter page, KDM underscore Drama Wizard, one word, Drama Wizard. That again is KDM underscore Drama Wizard. And here is a word from our lovely sponsors. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.witherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cat. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondelettersandsounds.org.uk. Introducing Bulb. With evidence-based learning at the forefront of education, let Bulb digital portfolios help reshape your educational practice. Bulb helps teachers teach and learners learn. Bulb is an easy-to-use, fully accessible digital platform that captures students' digital learning assets in one place, allowing them to evidence their learning and reflect on their growth. Our dedicated team of education specialists are on hand to ensure the bulb fits seamlessly into all of your teaching practices. Come take a look and get a free account at bulbapp.com. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common. A passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us... You'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are Witherslack Group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.witherslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. A report in the Evening Standard covers the news that Eton College will open state six forms in towns in the north of England and the Midlands. The schools will be opened in Dudley, Middlesbrough and Oldham, and will help students to get into Oxbridge and other top universities. The three areas are included in the list of 55 education cold spots that have been targeted for additional support by the government's levelling up agenda. It comes as part of a partnership with Star Academies. Higher achieving pupils at GCSE who are from poorer backgrounds will be encouraged to gain top A-level grades. Eton will bid in the next wave of the government's free schools programme, with colleges expected to welcome their first pupils in 2025. In the Gambia, UK-based charity Binti Period revealed its plans to introduce menstrual pads into the Gambia so that all girls have access. The charity believes that this would further ensure that girls do not drop out of school during puberty. 
In a meeting with the First Lady of Gambia, the charity also explained how it had embarked on a programme to train 100 teachers in the Gambia on menstrual education. The objective is to smash the stigma and shame attached to menstruation, but the training also covered other issues including polygamy, FGM and sexual grooming. Online lessons are to be made available to 100,000 refugee pupils, said Education Secretary Nadim Zahawi. He was speaking at the Association of School and College Leaders annual conference in Birmingham. He stated, we are working with schools to ensure that the tens of thousands of Ukrainian children we will welcome to our shores will have a place in our education system. The lessons will be made available through Oak National Academy via an auto-translate function available in both Ukrainian and Russian. Matt Hood, principal of Oak National Academy, said, the work we have done to make Oak's lessons available in Ukrainian is only a tiny contribution to this crisis, but it is a tool that may help them re-establish some sort of routine once they reach safety. Finally, this week saw the annual recognition of International Women's Day, but a story in Schools Week reports that many colleges have had to defend themselves after a Twitter bot called them out for hypocrisy. Organisations across the UK came under fire after the gender pay gap bot retweeted their posts honouring the day with details added about their figures on women's median hourly pay compared to men's. Numerous colleges fell victim with some deleting their original posts. In response, some colleges have said that context should be considered. For example, Furness College in Cumbria, where women's median hourly pay is 32.4% lower than men's hourly rate, told FE Week that their gap was high because a large number of female staff are in lower skilled jobs. The Fawcett Society campaigns to close the gender pay gap and agrees that the divided labour market, where women are still more likely to be in low paid and low skilled jobs, is a reason for the gap, but says that inequalities and discrimination in the labour market must be reduced if things are to improve. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio Weekend News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week I'm going to talk timers. After being challenged to make a timer with shapes in PowerPoint, I thought I'd throw out a quick tip for the most common presentation software used in teaching. Microsoft PowerPoint and Google Slides. The easiest way to add a timer is embedding a YouTube timer video. In Google Slides, it's easy. Simply click on the insert menu and select video. You'll then be given the option to search YouTube. If you didn't know already, YouTube is full of timer videos. So type in the timer you want, for example, five minute timer, and you'll be given a list of videos to choose from. Select the one you want and it will embed. Finally, use the video format options to determine whether you want it to play on a click start automatically or manually. Job done. You can also do this in PowerPoint, but you'll need to search YouTube first to find your video as you'll need the video's URL. If you're not a geek, that's the big long www address. Now you've got the address, select insert video and online video. Paste in the address and it will embed. Again, you can decide how it plays back in the playback menu. For both these methods, you need to be connected to the internet for them to work, but usually you will be. For this week's visual version, I'll retweet my example of the shape timer from last week and add a short tutorial demonstrating the methods I've just described. So don't forget to check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. And welcome back. My name is Caleb DeMerch, and this is the Sunday bro- Brunch Show, rather, here on Teachers Talk Radio. 
Uh, we're talking about Finland. Is it the king of education systems? What do you think? Do you agree or disagree? Is Finland really the best educa education system in the world? Can you just take a system like Finland's and make it work in a place like the UK or Canada or China, the places that we've kind of discussed today, the places I have experience with? What do you think? So I wanted to play you an article now about comparing Finland to United States. And I think that that's a really great comparison because Finland and the United States are very, very, very different systems, okay? Just to give you a brief background, I do know a bit about the United States education system because I, I didn't grow up in the United States, but all of my family and friends, a lot of them are from the United States. I grew up on the border, so I know a fair amount about the United States system. For example, I know that in the United States, history is valued, but only the history of the United States. You don't get to take a world history course unless you take that as an extra and your school offers that as an extra. It's not a prerequisite for something like, you know, the SAT. Also, English and maths for the SAT could be considered to be remedial in some places. I still think it was it's quite tough to get the highest score possible is very difficult, in my opinion. And Standardized testing is valued in the United States, obviously, whereas in Finland, it's not really as valued. You can also drop out of school in the United States at any time, uh, just like well, up to a certain age. I think it's 14 and up. You can drop out any time, just like in Canada, actually. In Canada, you can also drop out of school from the age of 14 and up as long as your parents consent and sign. And you might say, well, that can't be very common nowadays in Canada. Well, I'll be honest with you. It's very, it's very common in Canada. I probably had, I don't know. I say eight people drop out of our class of 50 people in when I graduated school. So it is still very common for people to drop out of school in Canada at before the age of 16. It's it's very, very common. It, it's a big problem. Whereas here in UK, you know, you must attend school until the age of 18, some kind of education or, you know, uh, an apprenticeship, which I think is really, really great. And I think that it increases, you know, fairness, equality in society to have such a thing. Some people think it's a bit harsh, but you know, uh, I think it's a bit harsh also that we allow people in Canada to drop out school and then kind of just, they're forgotten about, they're forgo they're the forgotten people in society, you know, it creates a generation of people whom are lost, the lost, a lost generation. So it, it's really too bad, but that's, that is how things go right now in Canada. So I'm going to play this article to you comparing the United States, us one system with Finland. Now, Another aside very quickly, if you're interested in, in this particular topic, comparing Finland to the United States, you can watch a documentary on Amazon Prime uh, by Mer Morgan Spurlock. I don't know if you know who Mor Morgan Spurlock is. He made the movie Supersize Me, that documentary where he ate McDonald's every day for so many days, and he showed the weight gains and the, all the gastro problems that he gained from that. And he did a, a little documentary, a series of little documentaries where he went and kind of experienced different things and then applied applied that knowledge to the United States. So there was one episode about education and he went to Finland in that episode and he kind of, you know, explored Finland and the system and the society and then asked the question, would this work in, in a school? I think it was in Detroit, Michigan. I haven't saw it in a couple of years, but it's a really great documentary. You, you should watch it. All, all of those documentaries I'd say are really good, but that one specifically, he did them with CNN. It was called Inside Man with Morgan Spurlock. And the, one, the episode is called Education. So if you're interested in this topic, please do go and find that as well. 
Again, this is an article comparing the United States of America to the Finnish system. This is Teachers Talk Radio. My name is Caleb Demerchant. This is a Sunday brunch show. You can find me at KDM underscore Drama Wizard, one word. Drama Wizard is one word. Again, it's KDM underscore Drama Wizard. Please do enjoy this article. Smithsonian Magazine, September 2011. Why are Finland schools so successful? It was the end of term at a comprehensive school in Espoo, a sprawling suburb west of Helsinki. A veteran teacher and the school's principal decided to try something extreme by Finnish standards. One of his sixth grade students, a Kosovo-Albanian boy, had drifted far off the learning grid, resisting his teacher's best efforts. The school's team of special educators, including a social worker, a nurse and a psychologist, convinced the teacher that Lazius was not to blame. So he decided to hold the boy back a year, a measure so rare in Finland it's practically obsolete. Finland has a vastly improved in reading, maths and science literacy over the past decade, in large part because its teachers are trusted to do whatever it takes to turn young lives around. This 13-year-old boy received something akin to royal tutoring. I took a male student on that year as my private student, the teacher told me in his office, which boasted a Beatles yellow submarine poster on the wall and an electric guitar in the closet. When the student was not studying science, geography and math, he was parked next to the teacher's desk at the front of his class of nine to ten-year-olds, cracking open books from a tall stack, slowly reading one, then another, then devouring them by the dozens. By the end of the year, the son of a Kosovo war refugee had conquered his adaptions country's vowel-rich language and arrived at the realisation that he could, in fact, learn. Years later, the 20-year-old student showed up at the teacher's Christmas party with a bottle of cognac and a big grin. You helped me, he told his former teacher. The student had been able to open his own car repair firm and a cleaning company. No big fuss, the teacher told me. This is what we do every day. Prepare kids for life. This tale of a single rescued child hints at something of the reason that this tiny Nordic nation's staggering record of educational success, the phenomenon that has inspired, baffled and even irked many American parents and educators. Finnish schooling became an unlikely hot topic after the 2010 documentary film Waiting for Superman contrast it with America's troubled public schools. Whatever it takes is an attitude that drives not just these 30 teachers within this school, but most of Finland's 62,000 educators in 3,500 schools. Professionals selected from the top 10% of the nation's graduates to earn a required master's degree in education. Many schools are small enough so that teachers know every student in front of them. If one method fails, teachers consult with colleagues and try something else. They seem to relish the challenge. Nearly 30% of Finland's children receive some kind of special help during their first nine years of school. This is where this male teacher served 241st through 9th graders last year, and in contrast with Finland's reputation for ethnic homogenization. More than half its 150 elementary-level students are immigrants from Somalia, Iraq, Russia, Bangladesh, Estonia and Ethiopia, among other nations. 
children from wealthy families with lots of education can be taught by stupid teachers, he said, smiling. We tried to catch the weak students. It's deep in our thinking. The transformation of the Finns education system began some 40 years ago as the key propellant of the country's economic recovery plan. Educators had little idea it was so successful until 2000, when the first results from the Programme for International Student Assessment, a standardised test given to 15-year-olds in more than 40 global venues, revealed Finnish youth to be the best young readers in the world. Three years later, they led in math. By 2006, Finland was first out of 57 countries in science. In the 2009 PISA score released last year, the nation came in second in science, third in reading and sixth in math, among nearly half a million students worldwide. I'm still surprised, said the principal of a Helsinki comprehensive school. I didn't realise we were that good. In the United States, which has muddled along with the, in the middle for the past decade, government officials have attempted to introduce marketplace competition into public schools. In recent years, a group of Wall Street financiers and philanthropists such as Bill Gates have put money behind private sector ideas such as vouchers, data-driven curriculum and charter schools which have doubled in number in the past decade. President Obama too has apparently bet on competition. His Race to the Top initiative starts to compete for federal dollars using tests and other methods to measure teachers, a philosophy that would not fly in Finland. I think, in fact, teachers would tear off their shirts, a Helsinki principal with 24 years of teaching experience said. If you only measure the statistics, you miss the human aspect of teaching. There are no mandatory tests in Finland, apart from one examination at the end of the student's senior year in high school. There are no rankings, no comparisons or competition between students, schools or regions. Finland's schools are publicly funded. The people in the government agencies running them from national officers to local authorities, are educators, not business people, military leaders or career politicians. Every school has the same national goal and draw from the same pool of university-trained educators. The result is that Finnish a child has a good shot at getting the exact same equal education no matter whether he or she lives in a rural village or a university town. The differences between weakest and strongest students are as small in the world. According to the most recent survey by the Organisation of Economic Cooperative and Development, equality is the most important word in Finnish education. All political parties on the right and left agree upon this, said the President of Finland's powerful teachers' union. 93% of Finns graduates from academic or vocational high schools, 17.5% point higher average, in the United States, and 66% go on to higher education. That's the highest rate in the European Union. Yet Finland spends about 30% less per student than the United States. Still, there is a distinct absence of chest-thumping among famous recipients, Finns. They are eager to celebrate their recent World Hockey Championship, but the PISA score not so much. We prepare children to learn and how to learn, not how to take a test said a former math and physics teacher, who is now Finland's Minister of Education and Culture. We are not much interested in PISA. It's not what we are about. 
Rintola stood before her chattering class of 23 7- to 8-year-olds, one late April day. A tangle of multicoloured threads topped her copper hair like a painted wig. The 20-year-old teacher was trying out her look for the teachers come to school in costumes to celebrate May Day. The morning sun poured through the slate and lemon-lined shades into the Easter grass glowing on the wooden sills. Rintola smiled and held up her hand as a slant. Her tried-and-tested silent giraffe, which signalled the kids to be quiet. Little hats, coats, shoes stored in their cubbies, and children wiggled next to their desks in their stockinged feet, waiting for a turn to tell a tale from the playground. They'd just returned from their regular 15 minutes of playtime outside between lessons. Play is the most important thing at this age, Runtola would say. We value play. With their wiggles unwound, the students took from their desks little bags of buttons, beans and laminated cards through, through numbers 1 through 20. A teacher's aide passed around yellow strips and in units of ten. At a smart board at the front of the room, Rintola ushered the class through the principles of base ten. One girl wore cat ears on her head for no apparent reason. Another kept a stuffed mouse on her desk to remind her of home. Rintola roamed around the room, helping each child grasp the concept. For those who finished early, played an advanced nut puzzle game. After 40 minutes, it was time for hot lunch in the cathedral-like cafeteria. Teachers in Finland spend few hours at school each day and spend less time in a classroom than American teachers. Teachers use the extra time to build curriculums and assess their students. Children spend far more time playing outside, even in the depths of winter. Homework is minimal. Compulsory schooling does not begin until the age of seven. We have no hurry. Children learn better when they are ready. Why stress them further? It's almost unheard of for a child to show up hungry or homeless. Finland provides three years of maternity leave and subsidised daycare to parents and preschool for all five-year-olds, where the emphasis is on play and socialising. In addition, the state subsidised parents, paying them around 150 euros per month for every child until he or she turns 17. 97% of six-year-olds attend public preschool, where children begin some academics. Schools provide food, medical care, counselling and taxi services if needed. Student health care is free. Even so, Rintola said her children arrived last August, miles apart in reading and language levels. By April, nearly every child in the class was reading and most were writing. Boys had been corks into literature with books such as Captain Underpants. The school's special education teacher teamed up with Rintola to teach five children with a variety of behavioural and learning problems. The national goal for the past five years has been to mainstream all children. The only time Rintola's children are pulled out is for Finnish as a second language classes, taught by a teacher with 30 years experience and graduate school training. There are exceptions though, however rare, One first-grade girl was not in Rintola's class. The wispy seven-year-old had recently arrived from Thailand, speaking not a word of Finnish. She was studying math down the hall in a special preparing class, taught by an expert in multicultural learning. 
It was designed to help children keep up in their subjects while conquering the language. The teachers have learnt to deal with their unusually large numbers of immigrant students. The city of Epsu helps them out with an extra 82,000 euros a year in positive discrimination funds to pay for things like special resource teachers, counsellors and six special needs in classes. Rintola will teach the same children next year and possibly next five years, depending on the needs of the school. It's a good system. I make a strong connection with every child, said Rintola, who was handpicked by the head teacher 20 years ago. I understand who they are. Besides Finnish, math and science, the first graders must take music, art, sports, religion and textile handicrafts. English begins in third grade, Swedish in fourth. By fifth grade, the children have added biology, geography, history, physics and chemistry. Not until sixth grade will students have the option to sit for a direct wide exam and that only in the classroom teacher agrees to participate. Most do out of courtesy. Results not publicised. Finnish educators have a hard time understanding the United States' fascination with standardisation. Americans like all these bars and graphs and coloured charts, the head teacher teased as he rummaged through a closet looking for the past year's results. Looks like we did better than average two years ago, he said after he found the report. It's nonsense. We know much more about the children than these tests can ever tell us. Finland's schools were not always a wonder. Until the late 1960s, Finns were still emerging from the cocoon of Soviet influence. Most children left public school after six years. The rest went to private schools, academic grammar schools or folk schools, which tend to be less rigorous. Only the privileged or lucky got a quality education. The landscape changed when Finland began to trying to remould its bloody fractured past into a unified future. For hundreds of years, these independent people would be wedged between two rival powers, the Swedish monarchy to the west and the Russian czars to the east. Neither Scandinavia nor Baltic, Finns were proud of their Nordic roots and a unique language only they could love or pronounce. In 1809, Finland was ceded to Russia by the Swedes, who had ruled its people some 600 years. The Tsar created the Grand Duchy of Finland, a quasi-state with constitutional ties to the empire. He moved the capital near Stockholm to Helsinki and closer to St. Petersburg. After the Tsar fell in 1917, Finland declared its independence, pitching the country into a civil war. Three more wars between 1939 and 1945, two with the Soviets and one with Germany, left the country scarred by bitter division and a punishing debt owed to the Russians. Still, they managed to keep their freedom. In 1963, the Finnish parliament made the bold decision to choose public education as its best shot at economic recovery. It was called the big dream of Finnish education. Big Think, February 2019. Finland. So what do you think about that? Do you agree with the big dream of Finnish education? Do you think something that we could apply here in the United Kingdom or in other countries in Europe or in North America? What do you think about that? 
We've had quite a bit of social media activity. I'm going to read some of the social media activity here in a minute. My name again is Caleb Demerchant. This is Teachers Talk Radio. This is the Sunday brunch show. My name is Caleb Demerchant. You can find me on Twitter at KDM underscore Drama Wizard. That again is KDM underscore Drama Wizard. That's my handle. And we've had quite a bit of activity on the social medias. First, we'll start with the Podbean app. Uh, one question we were asked by someone is, do you think it puts pressure on the students to achieve? Now, what it sounds to me like is there is pressure on the students to achieve in some ways, yes, but there is freedom for the children to have play. At, so the younger children have freedom to play and enjoy themselves in school a little bit more, enjoy education in general. But once they hit the age of 16 and they have to join something like the International Baccalaureate, they seem to then care more about uh, grades and, and success rates in order to get probably the best people into universities and colleges, I would say. That's what it sounds like to me. Now, my only worry with that system is, will those students be ready to do standardized testing if their teacher has opted out of doing the nationalized testing up to that point? Because they said they could opt out of the nationalized testing. So for me, that's a bit of the problem. Uh, with with the system but in general it's a very good system and can it apply here in the UK or can it apply to Canada United States that's a different question I think that that's a, a totally different ses- a question it works very well for Finland however I would agree with the Finnish insofar as the big dream of the Finnish education system being that uh, education is what would lead them to economic recovery I would agree with that highly you can see that when um, economic systems, uh, governmental systems start focusing on education, that's when those systems become highly successful. That's when they start seeing really big uh, increases in their productivity and production rates. Uh, we also had someone said, I wonder how much is spent on education in Finland? Well, I actually brought up the the exact amount. In 2020, 13.9 billion euros were spent on education in Finland. So that gives you a little bit of an idea. Again, that number was $13.9 billion. Um, I don't know comparably what that is to every school system we've talked about, but that's a lot of money, obviously. So good for good for Finland for spending so much on their teachers and on their education system. Another uh, thing someone asked is about population in Finland. The population in Finland is 5.5 million. So obviously substantially less than than United States. Subst- very substantially less than the United States, substantially less than Canada, substantially less than the United Kingdom, and substantially, 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 a, th- a lot of substantially is on there, less than China. So to apply the system to Canada, United States, you have to take 19 point. So for five, for every 5 million people, students then, and it would be even less than that because that's the population of Finland overall. So let's say the popular, the student, the, the age population is around one to 3 million. They're spending approximately, uh, what did I say again? 19, uh, 13.9 billion. Well, I think then if you had a population like the United States, it's a hundred, 300 million you're going to be, or you know, China with billions of people. You're going to be spending trillions of dollars on education at that point, and is that totally manageable or possible? Leading me to a point, one of my friends wrote to me on Facebook. His name's—I'll just call him Morgan. He's a good friend of mine. We we actually took our education program together. We took our education training together. Uh, so I, I he had a really great opinion of Finland, 
He thinks it's a, it's a great country. What he said is, Finland does education right, but is it translatable to the rest of the world? I'm not sure. The population of bigger countries make it much harder to implement this kind of education change on and ideals that are used in Finland. I think that in general, they have less people, so the money is spent on education goes a lot further. It makes sense. So it makes sense for Finland because their population is less, as we just talked about, and they're able to put more money into the education system for that reason, obviously, because social their social systems may have less pressure on them. So that's a really good, really, really great point. Uh, Dr. Shane, James Shea, one of my co-workers, he said, it all depends, this is on Twitter, it all depends on the outcomes you want and whether you believe educational systems can be mitigated to other countries, uh, or rather migrated, not mitigated, migrated to other countries. I think the bit I love about their system is a break between every lesson. That's the truth. I, I agree with that. A break between every lesson is something we all need. Yes, that's right. No more teacher, no more teacher bladders, meaning, you know, uh, teachers have to wait a long time to go to the washroom. So I think that that's a really great part of their system. And I, and I really like how younger children focus more on play than standardized testing, obviously. Not saying there's no place for standardized testing. What I'm saying is they focus more on play at younger age than standardized testing. So that's a really nice thing as well. Again, we've hit another half an hour mark, meaning we will play a word from our lovely sponsors again. And then we'll get right back into uh, the Finnish system. But now we're going to talk about how the Finnish system has been in a bit of decline in recent years. So I think that that'll be interesting for you. Again, my name's Caleb DeMerchant. This is the Sunday Brunch Show here on Teachers Talk Radio. You can find me on Twitter at KDM underscore Drama Wizard, one word. That's where you can follow me and you can, you know, write your opinion to me there, either DM or on the many tweets that have been posted about this idea today. Also, you can go on the Teachers Talk Radio Twitter page. That's at TT Radio 2022. You can also write us here on the Podbean app. We've had a lot of activity there today. And, and thank you, everyone who has written to us. It, it's been great to hear all these opinions. Again, we're going to hear a word from our lovely sponsors and then hear a little bit about maybe how the system in Finland is in a bit of a decline. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.weatherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cat. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondlelettersandsounds.org.uk. Introducing Bulb. 
With evidence-based learning at the forefront of education, let Bulb Digital Portfolios help reshape your educational practice. Bulb helps teachers teach and learners learn. Bulb is an easy-to-use, fully accessible digital platform that captures students' digital learning assets in one place, allowing them to evidence their learning and reflect on their growth. Our dedicated team of education specialists are on hand to ensure the Bulb fits seamlessly into all of your teaching practices. Come take a look and get a free account at bulbapp.com. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common. A passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are Witherslack Group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. And that's a word from our lovely sponsors. Uh, we have, we're running out of time. We're becoming more limited on time. But if you'd like to write me on Twitter again, my name is KD, uh, Caleb Demerchant. You can find me at KDM underscore Drama Wizard on Twitter to get involved in the conversation. You can also get involved on my personal Twitter page, uh, Facebook page if you'd like to email me on there. And you can get involved on the Podbean app. We're talking about Finland. Is it truly the king of education systems? I wanted to play you an article now about Finland's system being in a bit of a decline. And we can have a bit of a discussion about that when we return. Again, we're talking about Finland. Is it the king of education systems? My name is Caleb DeMerchant. This is Teachers Talk Radio. And this is the Sunday Brunch Show. Thank you very much for listening. World Bank, June 2017. Finland's success in Programme for International Student Assessment a worldwide study by the Organisation for Economic Cooperative and Development of 15-year-old students' aptitude in mathematics, science and reading was a surprise to Finns. In 2006, it was the best-performing country. Even though results have now declined, Finland still ranks among the top countries. Finland is an example of a country that has not followed many of the global education reform principles. There is no standardised tests or school inspections, but the education system leans on intelligent accountability. This means that while there are national quality standards for learning and teaching in the form of national core curriculum and laws and regulations, there are no rankings of schools based on test results. However, self-evaluation of schools and education providers exist and are regularly applied. For Finnish education policy, values more quietly and less controlled are competition. Schools, teachers and local authorities are trusted and there is a political consensus about the commonly agreed goals of education. Positive discrimination for the students with special needs and schools with special challenges is mainstreamed and students' well-being is at the centre of attention. Most Finnish students go to their nearby public schools, which is a comprehensive school and where all walks of life learn together. The Finnish comprehensive school system follows a Nordic strategy of building high quality and equality within education based on a publicly funded school system. It does this without selecting, tracking or streaming students during their basic education. Teachers are valued in Finnish society and only about 10% of those who apply get into the elementary teacher education programme which is a five-year master's degree programme at a university education system, which has been set up since the 1970s. 
difference between Finnish schools remain negligible. One of the characteristics of the Finnish education system has been to provide equal opportunity for all. However, according to the latest PISA results, the social economic status of the students seems to be playing a role also within Finland. Students from low socio-economic households have increased particularly due to unemployment. In addition, less students read for fun during their free time, which correlates with the lower student performance observed in the last PISA result. The growing inequality in education is a significant concern for professionals and decision makers within Finland. However, Finland, celebrating its 100 years of independence on December 2017, remains one of the best performing countries in the world. According to the recent PISA 2015 results, Finland ranked 5th best for science, 4th in reading and 13th in mathematics. In Finland, Addressing and responding in the schools to the diverse needs of learners is usually done in such a way that other students don't know what kind of support and at what level each student might be receiving. Finnish teachers differentiate their teaching to respond to the learning needs of each student. Elementary school teachers are not alone but supported by other specialists, such as special education teachers, psychologists and the school leadership team, in deciding what kind of support a student might require. This is also discussed and agreed upon with the student's parents. Students can receive different levels of support depending on their needs. As presented previously, student support can range from part-time general support to specialist support. At level one, part-time general support is provided by regular teacher and special education teachers in the classroom. Part two is intensive support and provided by regular teachers and a special education teacher outside the classroom. In level three, special support is provided in regular or special class or a group that requires official decision which is carefully prepared by special education professionals in close collaboration with the parents of the students. Municipalities in Finland have an important role in financing special education services and cannot ignore the importance of it in ensuring inclusion and equality in education. The comprehensive school system is something that Finland has been proud of since it was established. However, the model is being analysed and discussed to support the students' well-being and preparedness for the future of our ever-changing globalised world. To continue supporting excellence and combating equality in Finnish Comprehensive School Forum is proposing a new version of the country's comprehensive schools, which is expected to be introduced at the end of 2017. Initiatives envisioned under the new version, promote teachers' professional development, introducing new activities in experimental and innovations, provide tutor teachers to every school to support digitization and new pedagogical approaches, promote internationalization of education, and secure that Finnish schools are in the move, encouraging students' physical activity to ensure that each student exercises at least one hour a day. Various Actors such as members of parliament, education authorities at all levels, principals, teachers and other schools-based staff, parents, students and community members are all engaged and will play the role in implementing in this new vision. If successful, this will bring rejuvenation and energy to an updated Finnish comprehensive school system to improve students' learning and competencies, increase the quality of the overall system while decreasing the number of socially excluded students. 
So what do you all think? Do you all agree with that? It seems that the Finnish system may not be quite up to date anymore, that it might be falling in decline. I have another article I want to play really quickly to you that, that's about a similar thing. And then we will get to the closing ramble. Thank you very much. Big Think, February 2019. Finland's education system is failing. Should we look to Asia? In 2000, the Programme for International Student Assessment released the results of its first study of education attainment. Administrated by the Organisation of Economic Cooperative and Development, the assessment tested the skills and knowledge of 15-year-olds around the world. That year, Finland handily came out a top performer, scoring high in maths and science, and number one in reading. The United States performed the same that year, for comparison's sake, could be best described as middling. Those results led to the claim that Finland had the best education system in the world. Educators and politicians swarmed to the Nordic countries in the hopes of discovering the source of their golden touch. Then things took a turn, and Finland's standings began to slip. Between 2006 and 2012, its scoring in science, reading and math fell sharply from 18, 23 and 29 points respectively. In 2015, the PISA saw further drops. Meanwhile, other top performers have remained relatively steady. Finland was on a downslope, not an upwards one, writes Tim Orth, Director of Assessment Research and Development at Cambridge Assessment. All the assumptions in 2000 seemed to be of Finland at the top and on the rise, not the other way around. And that was the mistake of the PISA for a longitudinal study rather than a cross-sectional one. While Finland remains a top performer, it has lost its luster in the eyes of many experts, bringing criticism of Finland's education system to the debate. Finland's meteoric rise certainly had some cause. Looking in, Many claimed it to be the reforms dedicated to schools' autonomy and pupil-led education. They pointed to the system's lack of centralised accountability and features like the late start times, lack of homework, absence of test assessments and a culture that celebrates the teacher's profession. The research director of the Centre of the Study of Market Reform Education took this view lacks hard evidence. According to him, Finland's intel, internal success results from educational standards instituted in 1970s and 80s, well above the politics could take root. In a paper titled Real Finnish Lessons, he notes that Finland's teaching system was centralised and teacher-dominated up to the 90s, meaning decentralised reform came too late to be responsible. Instead, Finland's late developments in industrialization and economic growth bolstered the country's educational performance. Later developments that mirror those are in East Asia. Shagren does agree with some population explanations, such as Finland's revenants of teachers. However, he notes that it is not recent phenomenon that stems from the role of teachers played in the country's notion of building a progress back from the 19th century. Overall, the strongest policy lesson is the danger of throwing out authority in schools and especially getting rid of knowledge-based, teacher-dominated institutions. The story from Finland backs up the increasing amount of evidence which suggests that pupil-led methods and less structured school environments in general are harmful for cognitive achievement. As Singapore, China and Japan overcome Finland, especially in maths and science, Countries like Taiwan are quickly closing the gap.
This has led to some to wonder if Asia's education systems have improved over Finland's in meaningful ways. Finnish native and Asia correspondent Hanama has attended school in both countries. She agrees that Finland's education system is one of the world's finest, especially regarding its quality teachers. However, in her TED talk, she argues that Finland must learn lessons from East Asia if they are to stay relevant. Students in Asia start education earlier, work harder and work longer. Simply put, there is more time students put into developing skills and knowledge, the more of both they will acquire. Finland's education system lowers the bar accordingly to match a student's talent and skill set. East Asian system requires students to work to meet a universal standards and catch up if necessary. East Asia systems promote competitiveness, a centre at educational strategies on excelling. In Finnish culture, such open competitiveness is less socially acceptable. Finland strives to make learning fun and creative. However, in Asia, they argue that the approach may be more disadvantageous. It may, for example, sacrifice long-term educational gains if success is always measured on a student's instant gratification. Despite Finland's dedication to equality, its performance gap scores continues to languish below the OECD average. In an analysis titled Boys, Girls and Reading, the director of Brown Centre on Educational Policy at the Brookings Institute notes Finland's gender gap in reading it's twice that of US. While US boys score the average, Finnish girls score nearly double, meaning the country's superiority in reading literacy rests solely in one gender. Interestingly, boys typically score higher in maths and science, both in Finland and other countries. However, Finland's latest PISA score have girls outperforming boys in both subjects. Hello and welcome back. My name is Caleb Merchant. This is the Sunday Brunch Show. We're talking about Finland. Is it the king of education systems here on Teachers Talk Radio? Uh, as you've heard today, we've heard all the great things about Finland. But in the last two articles, we did hear a bit about how Finland's system is on the decline. That maybe Finland needs to adapt and be more like Southeast Asian countries, meaning more standardized testing, more structure. More of the things that when we think of Finland, we don't think of right away. We think of actually the opposite when it comes to Finland. And I wonder if those things will help Finland, being a, they have been so successful in the past with the system that they have. However, to be competitive in the world market, this is what's needed, according to some experts. And I think that that's kind of sad, but it's the truth of the situation in Finland. Then if they want to continue to be competitive in the world market, they have to continue, maybe increase their standardized testing and increase those things that you would see more in, in Southeast Asian countries like Korea and Japan and China. So that's a bit of a bit of a counter to what we've been hearing today. That's not to say that the Finnish system is not a good school system. It is a great school system. It's still ranked in the top 10 in the world. So obviously they do something right. But we always have to remember that their population is only 5 million people and they're able to put 19 billion into their school system for, you know, a, a school-age population of maybe anything from 1.5 to 3 million people. So if we were to apply that to bigger countries such as the United Kingdom, America, China, it would cost trillions of dollars. And I don't know if the money is always necessarily there for that. It would be great if there was, but 
there are obviously lots of social systems in this country and in other countries that need need more funding as well. So more funding is needed in education, obviously, but how much funding is too much or too little? That's the real question. So can you just take a school system and shoehorn it into another country? And I'd say the answer to that question is absolutely not. You can't just take a school system and expect it to work in a place that it's not native to. Finland system was made for Finland. It was, it's great for their smaller population. It's great for where they live. But could it be applied to America? Could it be applied to uh, places with greater population, maybe greater social uh, social issues, for lack of a better way of putting it? I don't know. I don't know if it could all work in, in every country. I don't think of that China system can therefore be applied to Finland. Finland saying they want to have a system more like Southeast Asian countries. Can their system be just implemented in Finland? And I would say the answer to that is actually no as well. It's all about whether you think a system can be just adopted and easily put into another country. I know it's been tried in the past with not very much success. And other countries have gone to look at the Finnish system and try to figure out what they could apply to America or whomever. And it doesn't seem to have been very successful for them as well. So these are just some questions that I wanted to discuss today about Finland. Is it the king of education systems? I would say it is no longer the king of education systems, but it is still a great education system. It still has value and it still has things that we could learn from. It's still a system that's very important and they have done things and tried things that every school system could try to use maybe in themselves and wherever they are. Okay. So is it still the king of education systems? That's a bit of a trick question or kind of a trick statement, isn't it? Is any school system the quote unquote king or queen of systems? The answer to that is probably no as well. Maybe for that moment in time, that system might work. Uh, for example, maybe certain systems work better in our post-COVID world than others. But will they continue to be great going forward? That's the real question. I, for example, really admire the Icelandic after-school system. Uh, being a drama teacher, you know, uh, that's a really important thing to me to give my students more time to focus on subjects like drama, art, uh, football, or or whatever sport they might be into. I think that that's a really important thing that could use more time and investment. Uh, to have professionals come in and teach those things and not just shoehorn a teacher in there and say, you know, for example, my football teacher growing up, he was a hockey coach and he didn't know anything about, about soccer. He didn't know anything about it at all. And he tried to apply his knowledge of hockey into soccer and obviously it just didn't work. And we didn't have the best team. We had great players, but our, our coach, you know, he couldn't make us the best for that reason. And having professionals come in and, and teach after school programs it's a really great thing that Iceland does, and that's something I'd like to see applied to, to more school systems. Again, my name's Caleb DeMerchant. I'm the host here of the Sunday Brunch Show. We air every Sunday here on Teachers Talk Radio. You can find me on Twitter at KDM underscore Drama Wizard, one word. Drama Wizard is one word again. KDM underscore Drama Wizard. That's my Twitter handle. You can also tweet us at TT, that's Teachers Talk Radio on our Twitter page, Teachers Talk Radio, TT Radio 2022. Uh, I'm My name's Caleb DeMerchant again. I am the subject tutor at the University of Bedfordshire. If you or anyone you know is interested in becoming a teacher, please find us at the University of Bedfordshire. We have a great, great program at the University of Bedfordshire. Many great, hardworking professionals. I'm really proud and honored to work there. And if you know you or your or anyone you know is interested in becoming a teacher, be it a teacher of drama or music, which is what I'm the tutor of, or any subject, we're able to offer that at 
the University of Bedfordshire. You can find more information at the University of Bedfordshire's page, uh, obviously, or you can find more information or email me, or you can DM me at my Twitter page, KDM underscore Drama Wizard. I'm the tutor for drama and music at the University of Bedfordshire. And if you'd like to join us there, it would be an honor to have you or anyone you know come join us there. We highly value education at the University of Bedfordshire, and we would like to have more teachers join our system and, and you know help make the system here and around the world even better using some of the pedagogies we teach there. One of the pedagogies we're really focused on you know, is, is the idea of priming when it comes to learning something. So if you'd like to learn more about that, you could also come and look on our research or find us at the University of Bedfordshire again. I am a tutor there. In drama and music. My name is Caleb DeMerchant. Today we have discussed, is Finland the king of education systems? And my answer to that question is vast. And we've discussed a lot here today. I think there's a lot to learn from Finland. I think that Finland has some improving to do. Not to say that Finland's not a great system. They are an excellent system. Thank you for listening, everyone, today. Next week, I'm not quite certain yet what we're going to do as our little, I call these almost like miniature lectures. But if you want to get involved, please do find us on Twitter, as already discussed. You can come again on the Podbean app and, and find us there. Uh, we've had a lot of discussion on here today. I just want to be say thank you to everyone who's joined us on here today and had a discussion with us about Finland. I think that Finland has a great system again. And could it be applied to other school systems? I'm not quite so certain about that. Uh, I think more research needs to be done. Quite frankly, if you can just shoehorn any school system in anywhere, uh, that's another question. There's a great little video before I end the show today. Uh, they did a few years ago here in the UK trying to apply the Chinese system to systems here, uh, a school here in the UK, and could it work? And they had some great results. But would that work in every place here in the UK? I'm going to come right and tell you, no, it wouldn't work. Uh, being a person who taught for a long time in China, I just don't see how it's possible. Thank you for listening, everyone. This is the end of the show, and have a wonderful Sunday. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and I hope you have a wonderful Monday, and keep on, you know, keep on working hard until we get to the end of the, the term here. Thank you again, everyone. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio. See you next week. Please join us next week.